starts off the podcast with a giant swig of my cold brew <clears throat> in Ashley fashion. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Unsolicited Advice. This is Ashley. I am Taryn-less today, um, and things are going to be a little bit different. There's not going to be a fact or fiction. There's not going to be a dad joke at the end. Um, this is just a me and you sit-down conversation. I have actually never done a solo podcast before, and I've... I never thought I would do a solo podcast in a studio. I feel like if I was to do a solo podcast, this is something that I would do like in my room, on my bed, just holding my microphone and chatting. Um, but this is not at all how I thought I was going to ever do my first solo. When it came to figuring out what I was going to talk about, I had a bunch of ideas in my head, but then decided I was like, you know what? I'm just going to ask the people and I'll let the people tell me what they want to hear. So I went on Instagram, which obviously if you don't follow me on Instagram, stop what you're doing. Follow me on Instagram. It's Ash Nicole. And I asked you guys um, what I should talk about. And I told you guys to just kind of leave me your thoughts and uh, any topics that you wanted me to discuss. I was thinking like health, wellness, um, <laughs> maybe career or social media stuff. Um, which those things were were listed also, but there was only one resounding answer. All you guys want me to talk about is dating and relationships. That was the like overwhelming response from you guys. So uh, it became very clear what my topic was supposed to be. So um, again, in stereotypical unsolicited advice fashion, I have like a little bit of notes written down, but not really. This is very rough and raw. And we're just going to sit and chat about all the things that make up dating. Dating is so weird, right? I feel like it's something that we all do, but it is also just one of those things that is just so weird. You literally spend time with a stranger to see if you would be a good match. You like find someone that you don't know that well. You might want to get to know them a little bit better. So you, you pay for their dinner or you buy them a drink in an effort to see if you guys are compatible. It is such a weird concept if you sit down and like actually think about it. Dating is obviously a very vulnerable thing. It can be very stressful. It can be very overwhelming, but it could also be just so rewarding. And I don't know about you guys, but I have noticed a pattern on this podcast. I think on this podcast, but like in life in general, I feel like the most of the people that are having conversations about dating that are scared of dating or or not sure what to do with dating are girls. And I, I don't I know that's not for everyone. I know there are girls out there that maybe are more confident with dating. But I think for the majority, most girls females are a little tentative when it comes to dating and are a little shy, maybe a little unsure or scared. Um, I don't know, whatever rhyme or reason, I think it's predominantly females that are just a little eh, about dating. 
And I don't know why that is. It seems, and I know this, again, I know this is a blanket statement. I know that there are guys out there that are shy too, but I, it seems like for the majority of it, guys are a lot more like, yeah, let's go out. Let's just, you know, let's, let's give it a try. And girls are more like, oh, they're, it's so romantic and it's so serious. Girls are, <laughs> the stereotypical girl jumps into dating and is like head over heels, like already picturing their lives together and, you know, falling in love and doing all of these things where a, a guy is looking at it more along the lines of like a transactional experience where you, again, like I said earlier, like get to see if you guys would be compatible. And there, I think, lies the issue. And it made me wonder, I was like, why are girls like this? And I'm not excluding myself. I used to be in that category also. Um, and I think, I think I figured it out, at least for myself. I think a lot of people believe in soulmates. And I want to be very clear, I do, <laughs> I'm not putting down soulmates or the concept of soulmates. I do think you can, you know... <laughs> mate with the soul is not what I'm trying to say. I do think you can find someone who is a, a really great match for you. But I do think the idea of soulmates, I think the concept of soulmates can really hinder you when it comes to dating. Because all of the sudden, there's only one right person for you out there. And that's daunting. And that's scary. And that makes the dating game so much more serious. And I think a lot of us, especially females, have fallen into this fear of, is he the one? Is this person sitting in front of me my future life partner? And that's where, <laughs> and that is where we have to stop ourselves because we are jumping way ahead of the game. We're just sitting here for on a first date trying to chat with this person. I'm not saying that you shouldn't ask serious questions and you shouldn't vet them and see like if they are a possible good future match, but let's not assume that they're going to be or that they're, they aren't going to be. Let's just get to know them here for a second. I think that is something that I have gotten out of uh, with dating. And I don't know where this concept of perfect soulmate came from. And then it all hit me. I'm pretty sure it's Disney. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Disney has trained a lot of us. Again, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think predominantly females to think that our soulmate is just going to like come into our life one day, sweep us off our feet, and we don't have to do any work whatsoever. Now, I'm not saying that's not possible because I have definitely met people who just like happened upon their perfect person and it was like love at first sight and it was a done, sealed, finished thing. But for the majority of us, finding your life partner takes work on your end. I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I think one of the perfect examples of this is Sims. And I don't know if you guys have played Sims. Sims was my like computer game growing up. You create your avatar, basically, and this person has to become good 
at things in order to be a healthy and happy person. This person needs to eat well. This person needs to sleep well. This person needs to work out. This person needs to work to make money, to buy furniture, to buy food. But something that this person also needed to do is to make friends. And if you guys remember Sims, they had like all the levels of things that make a happy person like on the side of the screen. And one of them was socializing. If the socializing bar was low, then they were kind of sad, they were kind of depressed, and you needed to fix that. The answer, obviously, is to have your Sim make a friend. But the Sim can't make a friend without being charismatic. So something you had to make your Sim do regularly was go and practice being charismatic in front of a mirror. And that was the only way to make friends. That was the only way to be good at dating. That was the only way to get his social, his or her social bar up. Again, the majority of us with dating have to put in work. And that requires putting in work to make sure that you are a confident and socially <laughs> uh, clever dating person. Does that make sense? And that requires you going on dates and allowing yourself to go on dates. So that brings me to this whole new thing of you guys specifically want to hear about my dating experience in LA and my dating experience, period. But before we get into all of this, I want to take a minute to just kind of like step back and start over here from the very beginning. I have been, up until almost a year ago, I've been single for eight years. I dated in the past, obviously, and then it's not like I didn't date during these eight years, because I dated, but I, was no, I wasn't in a serious relationship for almost eight years. And there was a reason for that for me. I don't want to go into all of the d d dirty details, but I wasn't really a good student. I didn't finish college until I was 26. So something that happened for me once I finally started taking college seriously and was getting um, towards the end of it, I did transfer to a four-year and I decided I wasn't going to date until I finished school. That was something I needed to do for myself, dating for me, uh, can be a huge distraction. And I will prioritize the person if they deserve it. And I like them and I'm crushing on them. I will prioritize them over everything else. And I knew that I needed to focus on school first. So I put off dating, like actually dating and letting myself go on dates until I graduated, which obviously took me a long time. I didn't graduate until I was 26, like I said. Um, but once I graduated, I moved from Orange County to LA. And let me be the first to tell you, the dating game is hard out there nowadays. It is significantly worse in LA. And where I think I was at at this time when I finally left and finished school and moved to LA was I was now 27 because I moved at the top of that year. So yeah, I, I just turned 27. I was finished with college and starting a career. And this was my first time, like full send, focusing on my career, which was social media. I had been half it for a few years because I was a full time student primarily. So coming to LA, my whole goal was to start making money. And I wanted to focus on that. So I 
even though I was going on dates, I wasn't taking it seriously because I was focusing on my career. And I do think like looking back, I do think there are different stages of life. And with those different stages come different stages of dating there. I I kind of like categorize them. Um, (laughs) But I think there's primarily three different stages of dating. I think there's like the immature dating, which is when you're young and, you know, you have a crush on a boy or a girl and you don't really know what to do with those feelings and you guys maybe hold hands and that's it. That is what I would categorize as the first stage of dating, like the immature dating, like you just kind of like having those feelings and being unsure of what to do with it. The second stage of dating, I think, is the premature dating, which is this is like high school. This is like first few years of college when Yeah, there could be more mature relationships at that age, but primarily you're just looking and seeking out experience. Um, You're getting familiar with the dating scene. You're getting familiar with yourself and what you're looking for. Um, You're getting familiar with what you want and what you don't want and also who you want to be. So there's a lot of things at play in the like premature stage of dating, Um, but primarily, again, just seeking experience. And the third, I think, stage of dating is mature dating. And this is where you are actively seeking a partner, someone who can do life with you, someone who can balance you in a lot of different ways. And I think because I put off dating for such a long period of time, I found myself at an age where I probably should have been or socially maybe should have been according to social standards uh, dating at a more mature level (laughs) Um, but because I hadn't been allowing myself to go on that many dates I think I was still at the premature level I was still seeking experience I was still seeking fun and not a real commitment and wanting to focus on myself and my career and dating was more of like a side thing it was something that I could do uh, to have fun to be social to have a nightlife Um, but I wasn't actually looking for a partner even though I was like at the age of 28, 29, which is around that time that people are looking for like serious, you know, I mean, all my friends from home were like married with three kids. So there's that. And I don't regret the way that my life played out, but I'm just trying to help you see where I was with dating at this at this like age of my life. I always knew I was going to be older when I had kids. Um, I don't know why and I can't explain why my sister could (laughs) vouch for me. I've always said all I want to do is travel the world and experience life with friends and you know maybe a life partner but like I'm going to have kids later in life. And I, I was just, I've always been so aware of that. So I think with that in the back of my head, I kind of just assumed like, oh, I'll, I'll probably date later. Like I'll probably take it seriously later. And I was good with that. The thing that changed everything for me primarily <laughs> was COVID. Um, COVID halted everyone's lives, obviously. And if you were single during COVID, I don't know about you guys, but for me, a lot of things shifted. (laughs) I was watching a lot of my friends online, chatting with a lot of them, doing phone calls, you know, video chats um, and seeing them, you know, with their families. And I remember thinking, wow, I'm nowhere near that. And that was okay. But I remember I definitely had a moment where I was like, yeah, 
The second COVID lifts, I'm going to start dating seriously. And that's exactly what I did. Today's episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. If you guys have not heard of Book of the Month, where have you been hiding? Me and Ash are both on the journey of trying to be readers. She's definitely there. I'm on my baby steps way there. So obviously we were so pumped to partner with Book of the Month because their mission is to help readers discover new books they love and to promote the work of emerging authors. And guys, they literally make it so easy to decide which book to read next. Each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles. They pick the five to seven of the best new books for you to choose from. All the books are good, so you cannot go wrong. And they offer great prices on new release hardcover fiction, much cheaper than other options. Shipping is always free and it's super fun. Books are delivered in a bright blue box, a fun app to pick your book and track reading process is available, and they have reading challenges with rewards. My December read was so epic. It was called Butcher and Blackbird. And let me just read the little sentence they give you that totally sold me. Serial killers need love too. Don't take our word for it. Read this biting, steamy, and edgy murderers to lovers tale. Like, come on. Like, it totally sold me. If you guys would like to check out Book of the Month, just head on over to bookofthemonth.com to pick a book and join Book of the Month. For a limited time, you can join and get the first book for just $5. Just use code unsolicited. Again, that's bookofthemonth.com, code unsolicited. Happy reading. Hello, everyone. It's Taryn and Ashley from Unsolicited Advice. And if you want to listen to our show without ads, you can now. Just go to unsolicitedadvice.supercast.com or click the link in the episode description and you can get a one-week preview of the ad-free version for free. You'll get ad-free listening to the show. You can listen on almost any podcasting app and you'll be supporting our show too. That's unsolicitedadvice.supercast.com. One of our number one questions that we get on this podcast from you guys is how to put yourself out there, how to be more confident when it comes to uh, your body or your uh, your mentality or just putting yourself out there dating. Um, and I'm here to tell you, there is no secret sauce to make you confident like that. You just have to go out there and practice makes perfect. Coming out of COVID, I forgot a lot of things, a lot of social norms that come with dating casually, that come with going out on a first date. <laughs> I, I know I was awkward and I know I forgot how to do small talk and I forgot like what to say. And I, I used to be really good at making eye contact. And then I remember going out on one of my first dates post pandemic. Um, well, not post, I guess we're technically still in it, but like post lockdown. And I remember like I couldn't make eye contact with him. And I walked away from that going, damn, Ashley, we need to get better at this because <laughs> that was rough. And I'm not saying go out there and date absolutely everyone that comes your way. But I started taking it a lot more seriously. And I started a kind of routine of saying yes to a date at least once a month. Now, 
let me clarify and backtrack here a little bit. I was on the dating apps. (laughs) There was no possible way to date as a single person without being on dating apps during COVID. I had dating apps before COVID, but I never took it seriously. I got it more as a dare. And it was kind of like something I would do when I was bored, but I never like went on to like actually date seriously until COVID, (laughs) which is funny because like we couldn't actually meet up during COVID anyways. So what was the point? I don't know. But anyways, that being said, that is how I would go on dates every month. It was because I was chatting with guys online and if it felt like a good fit and they asked me out, I would make myself say yes. Now I'm not (laughs) saying date, you know, absolutely anyone. Again, like I had to, one, be attracted to them. I had to, one, feel like they weren't weird or creepy in any way or going to, like, kill me in my sleep. Um, And I had to make sure, like, there was a good vibe while we were chatting. As long as all of those things were at play, I would make myself go out. And I think what happened is my charisma went up, like the Sims character. I think I got really good at, one, small talk. I think I got really good at eye contact. I think I got really good at sitting up straight at the table and maintaining conversation, which was hard, is hard. It's a skill for sure. Pre-pandemic, I would go into dates very scared, very nervous. I'd hardly be able to eat because I was so anxious, because I was excited, because I thought he was cute, or I had a crush on him, or whatever reason. Um, I would feel very insecure getting ready, Um, and I honestly hated that feeling. And I think that was something that kind of held me back from dating in the past. I think something that's interesting, a good like before and after uh, to note is that before I got really good socially at dating, I would always try to get there super early and kind of wait and try to see them first. I always wanted to like get there first so I didn't have to walk in and them watch me walk in. Does that make sense? It's probably sounds silly, but that was something I would do regularly out of like a security thing. Like it made me nervous doing it. And what's interesting is now after having done so many first dates, um, I like looked forward to being the one to walk in a little bit late. I was never late because (laughs) I'm a very punctual person and I always got to every single day on time always. But I would actually physically sit in my car for a few minutes and kind of let myself walk in a few minutes late so that they could look at me, so that I could kind of like command the room, so that I could walk in confidently. Because I think something that, you know, tells a story about us is our posture, is our how we walk. And I think when we're scared and when we're nervous, we kind of hunker down and we kind of hide ourselves. And what was so interesting was that's what I used to do until I got more comfortable with it. And then all of a sudden I'm strutting through the door a few minutes late and I see him and I make eye contact with him and I cross the room and I'm all while doing that, telling him that I'm a very confident and self-assured person, that I am, you know, here and happy to meet him, but that like I don't need him. Um, all of those things I think were communicated by my first few steps in seeing him. And it sounds silly, but like the way you hold your body says so much about you. And that is something you learn in like speech class and communication and stuff like that. But it, it 
is totally something that is at play while dating. And I think that's something that you can only get good at when you put yourself in those positions to practice it. Something else that I want to talk about when it comes to dating is there is this pressure, I think, um, in dating for the guy to pay for everything. And I'm not saying that I don't want a guy to pay for the first few dates because I, I am a very traditional person. Um, and I, that is something that I look for. But I do think there is a lot going on in the world that we live in now. I think a lot of men are trying to be aware of, oh, she's an independent woman. Like, I want to make sure I respect that also. That is something at play. Also, dating online now does change things. Um, So what I've started doing on a first date, and honestly, for like all the dates, is I've started offering to pay. And... Am I wanting to pay for the first few dates? No, but I'm offering for a lot of different reasons. But first of all, one, to just be polite. I would say, hey, I know we just met online. I know dating online is weird. If you want to split this, I'm more than happy to. And that just kind of puts it in their corner. And I am not exaggerating. They always wanted to pay. And I think it's because at least traditionally, when the guys that I dated, it's something they wanted to do. They just didn't want to feel pressured to do it or like tested to do it. Um, And I just thought that was a really interesting thing that ended up happening with me on almost all of my dates was, oh, if they were into it and I was into it, I would always offer, but they, they wanted to pay for it because that's dating, you know? But again, I think just like being aware that, hey, I know online dating's weird and I know times are strange now with like gender roles and stuff like that. Like, I just want to be clear. I can and would be happy to split it if you want to. And then every guy thought it was super sweet and was like, oh, that's that's really kind, but absolutely not. And another thing that I think offering to pay communicates is that you are an independent person and you can take care of yourself and you don't expect people to take care of you that you understand and appreciate the value of money and that you understand and appreciate the value of time. Again, all of that I think is communicated within this very short time period of you offering to pay. And I think all of those things has a lot to say about your character. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Moving forward, uh, dating in the mature category of dating, which is the third stage of dating that I mentioned, if you're keeping track and taking notes, um, does get more serious. And it does become very important for you to know exactly what you're looking for. Something that I recommend everyone do if you are looking for a life partner is make a list of your wants and your needs. For example, I personally happen to be a more um, shy human being, uh, a little more introverted. Uh, I can be outgoing, but I'm more shy, more introverted. I need someone who's outgoing. I need someone who can, you know, walk into a room and make friends with everyone. That is something I need. So that is something I would look for on a first date. I am a very spiritual person. So I am also looking for someone who is also a very spiritual person. 
Make a list of whatever it is that is a deal breaker must have for you. Write it down, memorize it, and over the course of the three dates, you should know whether or not you can live a good life with them. Now, here's what's tricky. You can't talk yourself out of it. The second you start getting feelings for someone, it's easy to be like, oh, well, you know, they're getting better at that and I can change them. Honey, no, you can't. You shouldn't change anybody. So it is crucial that you keep your feelings in check for at least the first few dates while you are subconsciously going through your list. Actually, let's not say subconsciously. While you are consciously going through your your list and checking things off. Once they fill all of the things that you are looking for in a life partner, then it is okay to let yourself fall for them because you can see a life with them. And again, This is specifically for more mature dating. I am 32 now, and this is what dating has looked like for me for the last couple years. I have been very intentional about who I spend time with, what I'm looking for, what my boundaries are, and not budging in any way. I don't want to settle for something less than what I'm looking for. And I think something that will help you keep those boundaries in check is accountability. I'm not saying you need to (laughs) tell everyone uh, your must-haves for your life partner or, you know, what your boundaries are necessarily, but you should find someone, at least one person. It could be your mom, it could be your best friend, a family member, someone you feel close with that you share these thoughts and feelings with so that they can be like, hey, how is he in this area? How is she when it comes to this topic? What do they do in A, X, Y, and Z? So that you have someone who can keep you accountable to those boundaries. I think that is crucial because man, the second feelings get involved, it's done, it's done so. So something that uh, is more recent that has happened in my life is that I am dating someone. I have been dating someone for almost a year now, and it is wild to me how invested you guys are in this relationship. My constant comments on Instagram, on YouTube, um, on the podcast is, who's Ashley's boyfriend? Can we hear about Ashley's boyfriend? Can we meet Ashley's boyfriend? Ashley, can you talk about your relationship? What is it like? Blah, 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 blah. I think it's so fascinating that you guys are so interested in it because I don't share it at all. A common question is why I don't post pictures of him, why I don't share uh, all the intimate details of our relationship online. And there are a lot of things at play here. Um, But primarily, I have chosen to share a lot of my life on social media and online. Uh, Not only is it something that I've just chosen to do and I've always been comfortable with, but it is my job. (laughs) It is is how I get paid. So there is a huge portion of my life that is that I'm very open about, that I, that I show very vulnerable things 
uh, online that I talk about different topics online. I, and I show very intimate parts of my daily life on my YouTube channel. And I have, and I don't regret that in any way because I have found it to be very therapeutic. I have found that I have had some of the best conversations with you guys online after being vulnerable online. And most of that happens on YouTube. Um, but a fun fact about myself is that I'm, I'm actually a very private person and things that are near and dear to me that are very precious to me. I don't, I don't want to hear other people's opinions on. I don't want to hear other people's hate comments. And I'm not saying that you, that people would give hate comments towards me or my relationship necessarily, but I think that is a possibility. And I don't want to hear that. I don't want to, I don't want to see that. Something else that, you know, is fascinating is I love to drum. Drumming is a huge part of my life. And so many people have been like, Ashley, how come you don't share it online? And my resounding answer every single time is that because I love it and I don't want it to get ruined. (laughs) I don't want you guys to, you know, I don't want to put it out there. This is something that is mine and that I want to keep to myself. I don't know if it is because I was single and not in a serious relationship for such a long time, but um, this is why I have chosen not to share my relationship online. Um, It's mine. It's my thing. And I would like to kind of cherish it and enjoy where it is at and how it's growing um, without the opinions of other people being piled on top of it. Will that be a forever thing? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, as of right now, that's where I'm at with it. And um, yeah, that actually went a lot faster <laughs> than I thought it was going to go. Um, and I'm very excited because I, I wondered if that was going to be the case. So just in case, I posted on socials um, on my Instagram stories for you guys to ask me anything. So we are going to go ahead and hop into a fun little Q&A with me and you guys um, to see, you know, a little more. Let's just pry into my life. Let's pry into it. Um, I did a quick scan (laughs) over these questions. Some of them are very casual, very easy breezy. Some of them are more serious. We'll see. Uh, I haven't chosen any. I'm just letting you know they're kind of all over the place. So we'll see what happens here. Um, first one, what are your top favorite books? You guys already know. I've talked about this on the podcast before. I have become an avid reader. I don't know when it happened, but I'm so glad it happened. I think I needed this deeply. Something in my soul deeply needed to become a reader. And for the last year, I've been reading about a book a month and I'm stoked on it. Um, I finally read Where the Crawdads Sing. Best book I've ever read easily. Uh, And I'm so excited because Reese Witherspoon is directing the movie. I am very excited to see the movie. Um, But yeah, that is definitely my favorite book. What is life teaching me right now? Life at this moment in time is teaching me that it is all about the little things. I think I've spent my entire life chasing the big things. And at the, you know, ripe old age of 32, I have found that it is the little things that bring me the most joy. So I've been prioritizing them more and I'm not regretting it in any way. Tips for doing things alone, like dinner, working out, shopping, etc. 
I love that you asked this. If you follow me on socials, I've talked about this a lot. I have a hard time eating meals alone by myself. Um, something about me and I think the shyness in me is so worried and concerned about what other people think about me um, that when I go and eat alone, that's all I think about is what other people are thinking about me sitting there by myself. Um, it, if you're not good at it naturally, it is something that takes a lot of work. Uh, what I have found is <laughs> earbuds and a podcast, my AirPods, uh, and a podcast work wonders. Bringing a book with you works wonders. I've even watched YouTube videos while I sat. Honestly, it's not really eating alone that is scary. It's sitting there without your food, waiting for your food to come. That is scary. Um, so having something to do in that meantime before the food actually comes is imperative for me. <laughs> um, I'm getting better at it. And I don't know why it's hard for me, but I am getting better at it. So AirPods in a podcast or a book or a YouTube video, something is, is very helpful when doing that. How do you stay motivated to be your best self? I can't seem to pull myself up. That's tough because sometimes we are just in seasons of life that are heavy and that weigh us down. But um, what has helped me in the past is lists. <laughs> and it sounds so simple, but um, I love a list. I love a to-do list. And there is nothing better than checking off that to-do list. I think, I think baby steps always first. Don't dive into anything too big, too fast. But I think it is imperative that we realize that true discipline comes from proving yourself right. You know, so if you're down, and let's let's just let me just go ahead and assume that we're down bad here. Make a to do list of three things and don't make them heavy, hard three things. Do three little things. Something I started in 2019 <laughs> uh, was making my bed every day. I found that I love a clean room, a clean house, a clean environment. I love my space to feel good, to radiate clean, to radiate aesthetic. And when it doesn't, it deeply affects me. So something I started doing every single day is making my bed. It doesn't have to be first thing in the morning because again, baby steps, but just do something little that's easy and doable every single day. Make a very short to-do list. And when you sit down at the end of the day and check off all of those three things, you're going to feel accomplished. You're going to feel self-disciplined. You're going to feel proud of yourself because you did that. Do that a few times and then make the list four things and then five things. And then one day you're going to have 10 things on your list. You're going to check it off. And you're going to be like, damn, I've been really motivated lately. And it's because you are teaching yourself that you're capable of doing those things. Hopefully that makes sense. It works for me. Love a to-do list. There are a lot of boyfriend questions on here, which I feel like I already talked and addressed a lot of these questions. Um, another one of the big ones is where did I meet my boyfriend? I met him on Hinge, which is a dating app. Um, and highly recommend Hinge. I think the reason I like Hinge a lot is because it has, and I listened to a podcast about this where the creator of Hinge explained how he created 
<laughs> his app. Um, and it has a lot of starter questions. I think something that's hard for me is coming up with something to say when there hasn't been a conversation yet. And I think the little conversation starters that that app has helps me a lot. And I rely on them heavily <laughs> when, I was, when I was on the app. I'm obviously not anymore, but that's why I like Hinge. Someone asked me if I'm engaged. Absolutely not. Next question. <laughs> when are you moving into your own place? That is a great question. That's actually something I really wanted to do this year. Um, I currently am in a weird place of not knowing whether I want to just move out and get an apartment or if I want to actually buy a, a place. Um, so I'm I'm obviously taking my time. To be clear, I love my sister. There is nothing, no bad vibes uh, or hate going on there in any way. I love her. I love our. I love her place, and I've always loved living with her. I just feel like I'm in a a place in my life where I would love to have my own space, my own living space. Um, so whether that ends up being an apartment or uh, purchasing something somewhere. Um, I don't know yet, TBD, but I am very excited for when that season of my life starts. Um, what is your favorite part of being a YouTuber slash influencer? I think something I've always struggled with is um, the stereotypical sit at your desk from nine to five job. I've done those jobs in the past and there are big pros that come with that type of schedule. Um, but I'm the type of person who I think I get bored very easily and I love new things and I love change and I love challenges and something <laughs> that comes with being in this job, this career path and just in the entertainment industry period, there is no schedule. <laughs> there is no reliable paycheck. There is no rules, and that's really fun and exciting. It's scary a lot of times, especially with the no reliable paycheck thing. Um, I obviously have to make my own schedule. I have to treat myself like a boss, but also like an employee. Like I have to yell at myself, okay, Ashley, I need to be filming and uploading at least once a week, at least. And I have to create that time frame for myself. But I love that I have the flexibility that I have. I love that I get to be creative the way that I can. I love that if I'm feeling down one week, I can make my content about that um, and kind of get my emotions out that way. If I'm feeling pumped up and, and excited about life, I can post four videos in one week instead of just one. Um, I love the flexibility. I love the no rules aspect to it. And yeah, I'm really happy with the job that I have. I don't know how long it's going to last, but I'm going to milk it for as long as I can. And then we'll see what plan B is. What is the biggest area of growth that you've recently had? I think I could talk about this for a really long time. This could be its own episode, <laughs> but I'm going to shorten this. I think I have, for the majority of my life, lived according to other people's rules and lived according to other people's standards and what other people deem right, um, appropriate, deem um, to society standards, you know, whatever. Um, and I think these last two years, especially these last five years, but especially post COVID lockdown, 
I've decided that I, I, you know, no one else is living my life but me. I am the one who has to wake up every single day with my life decisions and my life choices. And I've decided that I don't want to live according to anyone else's rules anymore. And I want to live by my rules. And I want to live a life uh, full of risk and and success and mistakes and, you know, sadness. I want to live a life with all of those things and not regret a single moment of it because, you know, those were my decisions and this is the life that I live. And I have, I feel like I'm rambling a little bit, but I am very excited to uh, be becoming a more confident person in how I live my life. And I think that's that's huge growth. What's your advice on staying consistent with fitness? This also could be its own episode. If you guys want me to do a whole episode on my fitness journey, I would love to talk to you about it. But I'm going to condense it as much as I can. Fitness wasn't fun for me until one day I like fell in love with it. I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. I think a lot of people try to force themselves into fitness thinking that it's something they have to do or they should do or they, they're not healthy unless they are that's false. But if you are trying to look into getting into a fitness routine, not every form of exercise is for everyone. So if you're trying to get into a good routine, I think it's important that you try a bunch of different things. Some people love cycling. Some people love yoga. A lot of the people that do yoga hate cycling. A lot of people love to lift weights. A lot of people love to run. I, I hate running. I hate it <laughs> with a passion. I will make myself do it sometimes, but I don't on a regular basis run because I, I don't enjoy it. Um, I do love lifting weights. I think I feel very, I love the feeling of feeling strong. Um, so I think you, before getting into a fitness routine, need to find what works for you, what you actually enjoy. Because once you find a fitness um, a workout routine or a, a type of workout that you actually love, then the routine will come naturally because you enjoy it. Does that make sense? Do you see yourself doing anything other than social media in the future? Um, yeah, I, I, like I said earlier, I don't know how long my job, my career in social media is going to last. Um, I'm just here for the ride. I am expecting one day, someday for it to end or just slow down significantly to the point where I have to find another job. I don't know exactly what I'm going to do after that, which is scary. Um, there is absolutely no security in this job. Um, but I do think I would very much love becoming uh, like a social media coordinator for a brand working on the other side of the brand deal. Um, having obviously done the talent side, the creator side, I think I would be a huge asset to a brand um, with working with creative talents um, for advertising for that brand. So that is something I think I would definitely lean into uh, in the future once and if things with my current state slow down. Will we ever meet your boyfriend on the pod or on YouTube? Yeah, maybe. I think I said that already, but yeah, maybe. We'll see. Would you change your 20s? Absolutely not. But I, I think I made this clear earlier in the podcast. I 
wanted to live life. I wanted to travel. I wanted to do all those things before settling down and having kids. And I, I loved my twenties. I, I went for it. I traveled everywhere. I met the most amazing people. I started the most random job before it was even like a job. Um, finished school, like did all the things I wanted to do in my twenties. My twenties were a riot and I loved every second of it. Um, so no, I don't regret my twenties. Okay guys. Well, this has been fun. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this little one-on-one conversation. I know it's not as fun or funny, uh, as it is with Taryn, but you know what? That's okay. Because this is this is me. This is my personality. And if I was to have my own podcast, this is what it would be. <laughs> um, so I hope you enjoyed this. If you guys want more one-on-ones with Taryn and I, uh, please let us know in the comments on socials um, because that is definitely something we can do. We can kind of have little moments where y- you get to chat with just, just us individually. Um, again... You guys already know this. Follow me on YouTube. Follow me on Instagram. Ashley Nicole um, is where you can find me. And I have thoroughly loved this and would totally do this again. Um, So, yeah, that's basically all I have to talk to you about today. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your day, whatever day it is for you. Um, And we'll talk to you guys on the next episode. Love you. Bye. Bye.